0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 60, called Amy D. Hey guys, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I know firsthand that infertility can affect both our physical and our mental health in life-changing and enduring ways. That's why I've become an ambassador for BetterHelp, the leading provider of online counseling with over 4,000 licensed counselors and therapists. BetterHelp offers a safe and affordable way to connect to these licensed counselors and therapists and you can do it through video calls, real-time phone calls, texts, or direct messages. And it's super easy. You take a short survey online, I did it the other day and it took probably five minutes, and their algorithm will match you to the right online therapist and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. BetterHelp's mission is to make professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient so that anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime and anywhere. So if you're interested in BetterHelp, visit trybetterhelp.com infertileaf, that's try better H-E-L-P, and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health. As a special offer, Infertile AF listeners are going to get 10% off their first month. So again, go to trybetterhelp.com slash infertileaf. On this episode, I'm partnering with the good people at Pacific Fertility Center, which is located in the San Francisco Bay area and has been serving patients for more than 20 years. At Pacific Fertility Center, they believe that everyone has the right to create their family in their very own way they've welcomed more than 10,000 babies through IVF, IUI, and egg donation. And now they're offering free 30 minute virtual consults. So if you want more information, you can check out their Instagram, which is at Pacific Fertility Center. You can email them at info at pacificfertility.com or you can call them at 415-834-3000 to get started today. Thanks, PFC. Okay, guys. So I'm so excited to share my conversation with Amy today. She is one of these amazing women who I've met in this infertility space who, after going through infertility herself, decided to do something about it. And she's created this groundbreaking, super innovative product called Uva, which you've probably heard me talk about before. It's an at-home ovulation kit but it's different from anything that's out there. So it tests all these different levels and it tests your hormones and it's super forward thinking and I think it's gonna really change the landscape in fertility and infertility. So today Amy's gonna tell us what she went through and all the months of heartbreak she went through to have her son And then she's going to tell us how she turned that around and created this incredible product, which is out on the market finally now. So it's so exciting because when we first met, it wasn't out yet. And just recently they launched it. So super happy for Amy and the Uva team. So without further ado, this is Amy's infertility story. Okay, so I'm here today with Amy. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It's so good to see you and finally have this conversation. We've been talking about it for a while, but you have an interesting story. This whole thing started for you from what I've read and from what you've told me when you were having irregular periods. So you kind of, you never really had a normal cycle. Is that right? Never. Okay.
1: So I think I, let's be completely transparent here. So I had my first period when I was 14 and, um, Super scary day, I'm sure every girl can relate to that. But then you're taught that your period should come every month, right? And so when you first get your period, maybe it's not regular, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then give it a year and it still wasn't. And when I say irregular, I mean, like, I wasn't getting a period for four months, six months, eight months. Like, you're talking long periods of time without having a period. And being as young as I was, like, the periods I had were super painful. I would bleed ex- excessively for for days. Wow. Um, That's so
0: rough as a teenager, too. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure, you were any of your friends going through the same thing, or no?
1: I mean, no one really talked about it. Right. Um, where were where did you grow up? In Princeton, okay. Jersey. Okay. So no one really talked about it. But you knew that everyone was kind of going through it, and it just seemed like... I was experiencing the most excruciating pain because everyone else was kind of like, okay, every day. And I couldn't get out of bed some days. Oh, no. So, um, it's it, something that felt off. Right. The doctors all said it was fine. Like let her kind of let time go and she'll get more regular as time goes on. And it wasn't until I was in college and kind of coming towards the end of it when I was 22 that I decided to, okay, oh, let me get something for this because this doesn't seem normal. Mm-hmm. So I went to a clinician, uh, my OB at the time. And, uh, told her I had irregular periods. Now, mind you, I just came out of college, so everyone gains a little bit of weight in college. Um, yes, so I, was... I know
0: I did. The <laughs> freshman, like, 30. It yeah, wasn't even the freshman 15 for exactly. me.
1: Well, I was uh, not even overweight, but I had definitely gained weight from the mm-hmm. last time that I had seen them, and I had acne on my face, mm-hmm. so she literally looked me up and down, those three symptoms, and was like, I think you have PCOS, and you're pre-diabetic. Whoa. Uh, and, yeah, I mean... How I'm 22 years old. How can I possibly be pre-diabetic? Right. So she put me on metformin and said I have PCOS. So um, just by looking at you,
0: just and by I know at me. this is a little bit of foreshadowing, but she didn't do any really tests no. to prove
1: that, right? No blood tests. No, okay. No ultrasound. And then she also gave me birth control. She said that would help regulate my periods, okay. which I had heard of, like sure. Um, I had never taken the the pill before, so now I go home. Mind you, I'm walking out of this office terrified because. I'm pre-diabetic, and I've been active my whole life. Like, I used to exercise, mm-hmm. and I used to eat well, um, so, I'm like, how how is, like, I know, like, heart disease runs in my family, but, like, how can I be pre-diabetic? So, I took that medication religiously. I didn't miss a dose mm-hmm. um, for anything.
0: And what did the medication do to you? Did it have any other side effects? I mean, that seems like a lot of medication to be on kind of willy-nilly, you right. know, without... I got every
1: side effect that's listed. So, like, my period's definitely going to get regular. I think when I started the birth control, I was uh, bleeding for about, I want to say, 14 days. And, like, really heavy bleeding to the point where I actually started getting anemic. Because it was just so heavy and I'm like this can't be normal so I went back in less than a month and I was like is, is this right and she's like well it'll take time for it to regulate but let's try a different birth control so she put me on another one and that didn't help at all like okay. I started getting such heavy mood swings when I'm a pretty happy person overall yeah couldn't get out of bed because I was just like. I couldn't get my thoughts together. I was always sad. Um, yeah, you
0: had, but like, a bout of depression, yeah, too, right? Yeah. yeah, it
1: was really bad, and I'd never felt that before. So mm-hmm. for people who suffer through any sort of mental illness, like, I, I, I have so much sympathy for them. Right, Because Same. It, it is serious. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was a horrible thing to kind of go through. So then, like, this went on for a few years. Like, mm-hmm. I actually continued with this for about three years, maybe a little bit more than that. And my periods never got regular. Mm-hmm. So... I would go through months without a period, and then when I got it, it was the most painful thing, and, like, I would feel my energy level just, like, dropping drastically, and it was because I was becoming anemic from losing so much blood. Wow. So it was a really rough few years, and imagine, like, you're right out of college, so you have your first job, you're trying to figure life out, and right. you have this massive weight on your shoulders, too. Uh, keep in mind, like, I haven't even thought about having kids yet. It's, so, like, right. that's not even in the realm of of my uh, thinking. Yeah, but this whole time you're thinking
0: it's just, it's PCOS. Right. So did you know anything about PCOS? I mean, Um, you're a very brilliant person (laughs) and very educated. So did you, had you done research or what? I mean, I knew of it. And
1: I had done, obviously, whatever Google searches you can do at the time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have enough knowledge to, or even... Thought to challenge my doctor, which now looking back, I wish I had, but um, right. I, I took their word because I trusted sure, them. Sure, they're the doctor. Right, right. <laughs> so I knew of it and I knew how common it was. I was like, maybe I, I do have them. and these symptoms that I'm experiencing, it could be PCOS, sure. Um, And I think that kind of sheds light on how complicated this disease is, Mm -hmm. that these symptoms can be very misleading. Mm -hmm. So finally, I I was like, this really cannot be normal. So I went to another doctor and um, they asked you, like, what's your history? Like, what medications are you on? Gave her my medication list and was like, I have PCOS. And at that point I had, like, I was back to my normal weight and acne had cleared up because Mm -hmm. I've grown up a bit. Mm -hmm. And um, she's like so you just have actually what what um testing have you done to confirm this i was like nothing um i was just diagnosed about six years ago and she's like hold on let me run a blood panel um let's do an ultrasound right here because she was just completely floored that no one had ever tested my testosterone or checked to see that i had any actual physical symptoms of pcos right did everything right there i had nothing like, wow, there's no cysts, and I know you can have PCOS without having cysts on your ovaries, but like right. my testosterone levels are fine. I just had irregular periods, and that's normal.
0: Oh my gosh! So, like, what did you feel like in that moment, having been misdiagnosed <laughs> six years prior, yeah, and going through all this, these yeah. medications, and
1: right. all the you could feel a lot of a lot of like anxiety and like anger and whatever but really for me it was more of like okay so I know my body it was more like an empowering moment where I'm like okay I should have stood up for myself because I know I wasn't pre-diabetic like right why didn't I question it then so it was a huge sense of relief because I didn't have these things that the doctors had Mm -hmm. previously said I did Mm -hmm. um but it it was kind of a Eye opening moment for me. That mm-hmm. We should really start getting, like, I shouldn't trust the first thing that someone says to me. And I'm probably the worst patient, not only because I'm me, but I challenge everything that a doctor says. Well,
0: that's about. great. And yeah. I think it's worth interjecting and saying that, you know, this is a point where people need, we've said this before in, in other episodes, but people need to advocate for themselves. Absolutely. And get second opinions. And if something doesn't feel right, or you're labeled as something or diagnosed with something, Definitely do your research, figure it out for yourself, and it's sad, kind of sad that we have to do that, but it's the reality. And it is, you know, doc, not to fault doctors. Doctors are wonderful and they're doing their best, and they're humans, so right. it's not really pointing the blame at anyone. It's just saying, you know, you have to advocate for yourself.
1: Absolutely, and I think it, you shouldn't overshadow the fact that you know your body better than anyone else. Right.
0: So, Ooh, that's a good one. That's my, a good point. Yeah.
1: A doctor is trained in a certain way. They look for clinical symptoms. And that's like, that's what you can train somebody in. But mm-hmm. you can't give someone that intuition that you have on your own body. Mm-hmm. So trust it and just question things. Like You're not saying, like, I'm not saying fight with your doctor, but just right. challenge them and question it. Yeah. You have every right as a patient to do that. Right.
0: And they probably will welcome that, too, because it helps them grow as doctors and exactly. realize it's not always black and white right. and you know everybody's different. So yeah. OK. So then what happened? You All right, so you don't have PCOS. I don't have PCOS. <laughs> I would have been a little pissed off, though. Were mm. you a little,
1: like... I mean, I was extremely happy to be off the birth control meds, because okay. that just didn't sit with me at all. And to be completely honest, like, after about three years of taking them, I stopped taking it as regularly as I should have. So the symptoms started wearing off, mm-hmm. but, man, like, thank God I was off of that. Mm-hmm. Did you instantly feel better when yeah, you got all... Yeah, I did. That's pretty cool and yeah. amazing. Um, I really did. And my bleeding actually got a little bit more manageable. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the birth control just, like, wrecked my system Mm -hmm. even more than it already was wrecked. Right. But so now I guess we're in my late 20s. I happened to meet my husband Mm -hmm. and we're dating. Mm -hmm. Had that conversation early on that, like, all right, so we are going to have kids whenever we get married.
0: Um, Okay. How did you – did you guys know – when did you know that he was the person you wanted to spend the rest of your life with?
1: It was our third date. Okay, uh, And it's because the first date he actually took me, we, I lived in Princeton. He lived in Stanford, Connecticut. So New York City was kind of the middle ground for us. So our first date, he took me to New York for dinner and like, picked me up in Princeton and drove back to the city to go to dinner. And as we're driving, like I'm this big chatterbox. Like, I'm just going nonstop, <laughs> telling him everything about myself. And we passed the sign for Lion King on Broadway. And all I said in the middle of my rant of whatever I was talking about was, oh, that's my favorite movie. And I continued on to to the next thing. Um, But he caught that. So for our third date, he took me to see Lion King on Broadway. Good move. I know. He's he's wonderful. But the best thing was, like, so in my head, everyone has seen Lion King, right? Like, you know the story. You kind of know the gist of what's happening. He checked our jackets and sits down next to me and he goes, so what's this about? What? (laughs) I was like, I was floored. I'm like, what? And the woman next to me was hilarious. I'll never forget her. She goes, "Oh my God, we have a Lion King virgin here." Wow! And to see it on Broadway for the first oh time—that's cool. It was amazing. Neat, for no cool. one has seen that. You need to go see that Broadway. Yes,
0: show. I actually have not seen the Broadway show. That is one of the my best daughter ones has seen <laughs> it
1: before me, and I think she saw it when she was three. Yeah. So um, at that moment, I kind of knew because he listens and he has continued to listen after 11 that's, years of us being together that's really cool <laughs> yeah. that is very cool
0: great quality to have absolutely okay so you started talking about having kids and when did you got how long after you got married did you guys start to try
1: uh so we got married in 2012 we started trying in 2016 okay so four years mm-hmm. um and it was kind of strange because we had the conversation early on we I mean, knew we didn't want to get have kids right away mm-hmm. um but we expected it to not be an easy journey just because I'll get into that in a minute, but mm-hmm. like, we just both wanted to accomplish a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wanted to reach a certain position at my job and then it became, all right, let me get my PhD. All right, now let's hit the next mile. Like it was just, just one a mile, little so. something called a PhD, right? Yeah, <laughs> just a little thing. Um, but like, there was always something and like, it kind of goes to say like there's never the right time or perfect time to have a baby or grow your family. Right. You figure it out. And I think, were like complete, like pillars of that, um, or models of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, in twenty sixteen, I was I had just set my dissertation date, and I was like, all right, you well, know, let's just try, because there's not going to be a better time. Mm-hmm. And the whole plan was, all right, we start today, get pregnant, nine months later, my dissertation will happen. Mm-hmm. I, my water breaks and I don't have to defend I automatically pass that was honestly the goal <laughs> I love it um, imagine defend. if that had happened imagine like to the letter that would have been God. amazing and I had it like nailed down to the date like right. I really did do that work to figure it out But awesome um, it definitely didn't happen okay it did <laughs> so, not happen but even before like as we started going through not getting pregnant month after month, uh, we started having these like hard conversations. Like, do you want to do IVF? Do we want to go invasive? Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I I just to me it was a lot easier to make peace with possibly never being a mom than it was to go through a failed cycle or a mis- uh, possible miscarriage. Okay. Um, so
0: just to backtrack a little bit, at this point, you hadn't gotten pregnant at all, or you, had, you, mm-hmm. you hadn't you had had a miscarriage, no, or I it had, just wasn't happening? It wasn't happening. Okay.
1: And, I mean, there's a lot of factors against us, right? Like, I've had the irregular cycles. Um, then we were both in our 30s at mm-hmm. this point, and I've also been diagnosed with celiac disease. Mm-hmm. So infertility has always been kind of hypothesized to be affiliated with it. So, I mean, having that conversation, we were both in agreement. I, I mean, just to give you an idea, like, I lost my dog. Uh, that year and that devastated me so sorry (laughs) it's I mean it's part of life yeah that's so hard though after seeing how I reacted to that my husband was like all right if she does have a failed cycle like I don't think she's coming back from it oh wow that's interesting yeah so I I just get way too attached and especially I mean like for people who go through this I have so much compassion for them because it's It's heartbreaking. Yeah. So we started doing everything right. I started peeing on every stick I could get my hands <laughs> on. I took my temperature every day, and uh, to the point, like I was waking before 4.30 a.m. every single day, so I took it at the same time. Uh-huh. And I used every fertility tracking app. Okay. Was, so all this over the counter stuff. Had you guys done anything with in terms
0: of his health? Like, had he gotten um, his sperm tested or anything like that, or know. were you you we just did. didn't want to have any medical
1: interventions? Yeah, really? we didn't want to do that. I mean, okay. Like his, I think if it came down to it he would have been open to it mm-hmm. i just we just never had that conversation on his side i assumed it was going to be me because mm-hmm. i i had all the issues right so honestly i didn't even think about having him looked at it.
0: yeah and Which, also at this point were you looking back on the false diagnosis and the you know the birth control and wondering oh if gosh. that had affected your
1: fertility i think early on no no but come month, like, 14, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, the dark places I went to, I think, once I, that kind of entered my brain was was horrible. And yeah. the worst thing is you're hearing other people saying that they're getting pregnant. They just came off birth control and got pregnant in the first try. And I'm like, okay. Right. So what the hell is happening to me? Right. I I don't don't understand. Yeah, the things that people say to you sometimes. I know, and it's... Infuriating. It is, but it's also people that probably had a very easy go at it, Mm -hmm. um, so they don't really know the struggles. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's kind of something that we as a community need to be more vocal about. Like, let's not hide behind closed doors that it's difficult to get pregnant. Let's Mm -hmm. share that way. So I love what you're doing here, where you're actually sharing people's stories. Thank you, and thank you for being on. But I think until we start increasing awareness of how mm-hmm. difficult it is, um, yeah. it's not going to change.
0: Right. Right. Um, so you guys are trying mm-hmm. and month is rolling into month. And what were you feeling like emotionally and how were you and your husband doing? Was there any yeah. sort of,
1: I mean, he's, he's a great human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean be- the lion King. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, um, to say that he's supporting is a huge understatement and it's, because I think he feeds off of what I'm feeling before I even know I'm feeling it. So somehow he knows what to do and what to say. Wow. I don't I don't know how he does that, but I think this is like proof that you find the right person and um, your life will be made. But um, he's we were we were okay. I mean, I think if, if anything, it was me getting so frustrated and disheartened with myself that yeah. I was probably lashing out at him unreasonably. Yeah. But he took it in stride. Right. So it was a really dark time for me. Like, I um, I started secluding, um, isolating myself. Mm-hmm. I hated going to family events. I mean, so I'm, I'm Indian, mm-hmm. and I'm sure if any of your listeners are Indian as well, they know that until you get married, the number one question you get is, so when are you getting married? The day you get married, when are you having kids? Mm-hmm. And there's no filter. So, like, anyone will ask you that. and what am I going to do sit there and be like I'm trying it's just not happening right no you go into this like internal dark place where it's like you have no idea what I'm what I'm going through right now thanks yeah. and then like once you say no we're, we're not trying right now just to kind of cover it well you should think about it because it gets harder the longer you wait I, I know exactly. right I know this so it and you can't fault them I mean that's a cultural thing I think but it's, yeah it's really hard to hear Yeah. Um, What about your own parents? How was that for them? I didn't tell them. Okay. I wasn't open about how difficult it was because they were also some of the biggest proponents in being like, you guys should try to start thinking of having a baby. Stop working so hard. You're adding so much stress to your life. And little do they know that the stress is because I'm not having a baby. Right. Um, So probably my fault for holding it all in. But there's not much that anyone can really do. Right. Right. So if anything, it's more stress on my parents when they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so you're almost kind of protecting them by not telling them. In a way. I get yeah. that. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. But then I feel like it also comes back to like, if you open up about it to your parents, just because they want to help you, all this like advice starts coming with it. Right. And I just wasn't in this spot for it to hear sure. like, like, drink this tea and will make you pregnant tomorrow. Right. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a biologist. I know that it's, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> but yeah so it was just a really dark period I definitely stopped talking to a lot of not stopped talking but like wasn't as open with my friends mm-hmm. but I think after a year of me going through this a little bit less I want to say it was a really weird moment um, I had taken my 274th ovulation strip oh my gosh you kept track yeah I did wow it was it was that because I was I was writing everything down I'm, I'm like I literally had notebooks full of all this data right right because I was like okay if I'm doing this let me learn something about my body and it was the 274th strip I remember sitting in the bathroom floor and I had gotten um, a positive result on the ovulation kit yes on the strip yesterday and then today it's negative so like how, how did this happen like mm-hmm. how did I peak in one day and or I get a high and then I dropped mm-hmm. a low like that shouldn't happen or how did i miss my windows i was so frustrated because it had already been almost 10 months of us trying and um i remember looking at my reflection in the bathroom shower door and i was like this is so stupid like why aren't we doing something that is actually telling me about my body we're in 20 but at this point it's 2017 Mm -hmm. like why? Why is there no technology to actually improve this? Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of where I started questioning everything. Yeah. Um, and I started doing a lot of homework. I started digging into all the products that were out there, uh-huh. all the options that were available to me. If I didn't want to spend like over three thousand dollars on a treatment, and I realized that everything was there was nothing available for me. Everything was designed for women with irregular cycles. Uh huh. So, or sorry, with regular with cycles. regular cycles, right? Okay. Apologies. Yeah. My God, the fire that was ignited in me that day was insane. You had, like, as Oprah would say, an aha
0: moment <laughs> in that bathroom, I sitting did. on that floor,
1: looking in the reflection. Yeah, like,
0: covered in tears, like, yeah. just devastating. Sometimes we have to be brought to our knees, yeah. I feel like, to have those moments. Agreed, yeah. I mean, literally and I figuratively. I just got them, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree, and just on a personal note, for me, like, I've had some of my best ideas and moments in a yoga class where, again, I'm like down on my knees and it's almost like you're giving in to like the universe and that's sometimes you get flooded with like, oh, this is the way I should go or this is, that's where I thought of, oh, I should do a podcast. Duh. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Back to you.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, when you're in that, um, like that vulnerable position, that's Mm -hmm. when the best things come to you. Mm -hmm. But God, it was like I was on this mission to just capture as much information about my body. So, like, I think that was another drive to, like, pee on the stick every day. Like, Mm -hmm. log that. Wake up at 4.30 every every morning and make sure you take your temperature with the same thermometer every single day. Right. Didn't miss a day tracking any feature. Mm -hmm. I I tracked everything. Okay. Um, And
0: what were you finding out about your own body? And what, I guess a two-parter, what were you realizing was missing we're leading up to the fact that you've created this incredible product, and we're mm-hmm. going to get into that more of a deep dive called UVA, and tell me about just the two parts of like, you were learning about your own body, and then you knew that something was missing on the market that you could help create.
1: So collected all this data for 18 months, right, diligently, and all I learned was that I had irregular cycles. Okay. I knew that. Right? <laughs> You're like, yeah, knew that. Um, I've yeah. known that. I, I learned nothing. Mm. Nothing. Like my temperature was all over the place. My okay. like my uh, strip, my ovulation strips were all over. Like I'm having two peaks in a month or mm. like it just made no sense at all. The that fertility apps were predicting all these things but like I could I could tell they were lumping me into a 28-day cycle. Mm-hmm. So all the predictions were based off of when my last period was, but like if I haven't had one in 6 months, how are you like, I don't understand this prediction.
0: Right. Or I remember work. using a fertility app. I think it was called Maybe Baby. I don't know if it's still <laughs> a thing. But it would say, well, how long is your cycle? And mm-hmm. you'd enter the number, and then it would track it. But it was like like you're saying, if you have an irregular cycle, some days it's 28, some right. days it's 40. You right. know, So that doesn't – it's not applicable to, right. to that either.
1: So, yeah, that's really all I learned. And it like really opened my eyes to the fact that people with irregular cycles, because I'm not the only one, um, need something to help them that mm-hmm. doesn't involve a clinician intervention mm-hmm. we should be able to do this at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really what the idea for our company came from. Right. Um, but I guess before we jump into that, the one thing I did start doing when I started, when I had this like revelation was I started opening up about, about this to my friends. Okay. Cause I was like, okay, if I don't want to kind of involve my parents, cause I think that it would be too emotional for them. Sure. They were like ready for grandkids the day we got engaged. Right. I mean, a long engagement too. <laughs> so they were waiting <laughs> for quite a while. But I started opening up my friends about it, and I found out some of my closest friends actually went through IVF and just didn't tell anyone. Wow. I was like, why Why did you share this? And this is shares? only a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't tell anybody. And I was like, why didn't you share this? And they were so embarrassed about it. And not even embarrassed, but just like, well, what would you have done? Sure. And they didn't know how to bring it up because it felt... Like, kind of like what I was going through. Like, you feel like something's wrong with you. Yep. And you don't want to open up about that. Yes. Um, so much. So that was kind of another fuel to my fire. Like, we're going to change the tone of this conversation. Mm-hmm. You're not, you shouldn't be embarrassed of this. And that's really where this uh, this company for UVA mm-hmm. came about. So tell me, so what's going on in your personal
0: life in terms of trying? So you're kind of like, you have this idea to create this technology, and but you're still trying to have a kid on the side. So yeah. <laughs> how is that working in tandem? Oh, it was like...
1: I'm putting more fuel to the fire every single day, okay. and I'm getting a weird result. It's like, all right, we, we gotta build this. I okay. have to build this thing. Right. Um, so it was kind of the silver lining, or like the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Like whether I get pregnant or not, I'm doing something to change this. For That's other so women. great. So in a way, it probably helped my my mental state. Yeah. But it there's still that that darkness that continue to follow you. It was just this. Um, it was definitely a good motivator for me. Right. And something to focus on. Right. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely.
0: And I think it also goes back to that whole notion of like when you want something so badly and your all of your energy is focused on that, for some reason it doesn't happen. Yeah. But when you retreat a little bit, sometimes, you know, it does. Yeah, you're right. That's absolutely um, true. But okay, so let's talk about Uva. So tell mm-hmm. me, first of all, we've talked about this before and I love just the whole concept of it and I love that you and I share the goal of like we really truly want to help other Mm -hmm. people and we want to make this space more less stigmatized and more approachable and just more talked about in so many different ways so I've from the second we (laughs) met I was like oh my god we're kindred spirits I love her I love what you're doing tell me first of all how did you come up
1: with the name okay
0: because I love this story
1: sure so um there's actually somebody who is in our team he's one of our advisors now and he's Italian like the most non-girly person ever like he's he's such a guy's guy right and we were trying to come up like i kind of pitched this idea and like we were like we want to go forward with this kind of a concept but we need a name for it and some of the names that were being thrown out were ridiculous so he's like you know there are eggs involved right and like yeah obviously there's things involved He's like there's this candy in italy called ovetti that is this chocolate thing, and when you crack it open, there's all these little like surprises inside of it, so kids love it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like what Uva is, right? So why don't we call it... I was, once you said Ovetti, I'm like, Uva. Um, because we kind of view this as this like, shell of a product that has all this insight and mm-hmm. information inside that can really empower you to take control of your health, mm-hmm. which is what our ultimate goal is. Um, so it is kind of like you have this box of surprises mm-hmm. once you open up uh, Uva's box. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's stuck. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> time, yeah. So tell, tell our listeners, what is yeah. it exactly? So we've developed an at-home test that accurately measures two key fertility hormones, progesterone and luteinizing hormone from urine samples. So it was very important to me that the test was accurate and that it was non-invasive mm-hmm. because I don't think women want to be taking blood tests every day. Mm-hmm. But what we've done is we've actually married this, this data to an iPhone app. Uh, right now it's available on iOS, but it'll be available on Android soon that actually does the interpretation for you. So we're not asking you to sit there with two strips and compare the intensities of the lines. Um, Our app does all the interpretation for you Mm -hmm. and then provides you with accurate insights on your fertility profile. Mm -hmm. Every test is personalized, so we determine what each woman's baseline is and then detect fluctuations in her hormone levels uh, by comparing to that. Mm -hmm. So we can identify when a woman's most fertile days are and then also confirm that she released an egg bed cycle.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So the great thing is that I don't care if your baseline is super low super high or in the middle or just off that month mm-hmm. we'll detect it because we're getting these hormone measurements um, that are personal to you right and not comparing you to the threshold mm-hmm. which a lot of the current products do mm-hmm. we also don't lump you into a 28-day cycle you learn what your cycle is by seeing how your hormones are trending mm-hmm. the great thing about our reproductive system is that it is cyclic so no matter how many days that is we can follow what that trend looks like over time and learn and make um, more accurate insights month after month.
0: So tell me about the two different tests that you guys are doing so the the you, you say it. Luteinizing but hormone number <laughs> progesterone. progesterone. Okay. Progesterone. So we'll LH and progesterone. All right. So, progesterone and LH. Why is that? Why is what you're doing different? Because not everybody tests for both
1: of those, right. correct? Yeah. So, it's not actually two tests. It's okay. one test. So, you provide a sample on one strip and then we measure both in a single strip. Okay. So, measures for both. Sides. Yeah. So, um, LH is, or I'll say, luteinizing hormone is really critical for determining when you're about to release an egg. Mm-hmm. So, the way that the hormones work, um, I don't know if Science is the right topic here, but we can dive into all of it. A little bit. Um, so your LH levels start to surge right before ovulation, mm-hmm. and you want to try to have intercourse every other day leading up to that surge. So that surge can span from like a day to five days. It depends on on a woman's cycle. Okay. So because we're able to compare it to your baseline, we can detect when that surge is about to happen very accurately. Yeah. So we can pinpoint where your most fertile days are. And then also continue that until you release an egg. So progesterone is really key for uh, determining when an egg is released. So if you release an egg that cycle, your progesterone levels will spike. And if they if you don't, then the progesterone should stay relatively low. Okay.
0: So so cool. It's out now, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I'll put all the information where people can purchase and okay. get the app and all that stuff. Cool. But back to your trying to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So what was happening? So you're you're working on this product. Yeah. You have a
1: co founder, correct? Do. Yeah. Jerome is actually, who's also my co founder, is um, pretty amazing. So I was in the middle of my PhD when I had this like, epiphany of doing mm-hmm. that. And, um, or not middle, but towards the end of it. And um, it was your bathroom floor moment. <laughs> yeah. <my bathroom> floor <laughs> moment. Or I don't know if you were on the floor, but I, I, was, just said, okay. I was. I was sitting on the floor, sharing, looking at my okay. reflection in the bathroom. Sorry, the shower door. Yeah. So I came into the lab that day and he walked by. I was like, hey, Jerome, there's so much innovation in technology he's he's an engineer by training so it was like there's so much innovation here why can't we apply some of this to the women's health space and actually make a difference and he looked at me and he's like amy, i don't know and then he walked away uh, like typical engineer fashion right and um an hour later he comes back he's like amy i think we can do it Wow, and, um, we spent the rest of the day in a conference room and like mapped out UVA. Wow, so um, it just resonated with us both so well because he's had his own struggles with secondary infertility. Oh wow, um, and with me we'll with to get him on the pod as well. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. Yeah, but he's uh, he's really been the best partner to kind of push UVA forward because he obviously understands the the technology side of this, mm-hmm. and being a scientist, like you can have these like crazy ideas. It's so different when you hold it in your hand. Mm-hmm. So what he was able to do was like take my crazy thoughts, and then go home, 3D print something for me. And the next day, he's like, here, this is what it would look like. Right. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I should awesome. say, we
0: ha- they can't see this, but we have the 3D printed yeah. product sitting right here. So can you explain it a little sure. bit so, or describe
1: it? Yeah, so the starter kit would come with a holder that you would keep on your countertop. Mm-hmm. And then it also comes with a handle that has an eject button on there. And then it will come with a month's supply of cartridges that are disposable. So the idea is that you would actually click on a cartridge every morning, provide the urine sample on it, similar to how you do a pregnancy test, mm-hmm. rack it back onto the, the holder, scan it with your phone, and then once you get the results, it takes a couple a couple seconds, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you just hit the eject button and throw it back in the garbage. Mm-hmm. So you never have to touch the urine. Super sanitary, mm-hmm. and it looks nice. And non-invasive, and oh, it's
0: just- cute, too. <laughs> so this is great, and it gives women, like you're saying, it, it puts the power back. Yeah. In their own hands. And so the
1: idea here is that, like, you shouldn't... Like, let's say you have to go through an invasive procedure or you choose to go speak with your OB about it. You shouldn't go there vulnerable and with your body a black box. Go there armed with the information that UBA can provide you, mm-hmm. which is how your hormones trended over X number of months, mm-hmm. which is really useful for not only you but also your doctor. Right. And something that we didn't really mention is that we actually spun this out for Mount Sinai. So oh, right. we have... Like, we're clinically backed, and uh, clinicians have love what we're building here. Um, so what we're planning on launching with eventually, eventually, very soon, actually, is um, a report that you can actually print out and give to your doctor. Oh, wow. So they're, they can make decisions off of your hormone levels, and you're not having to kind of take it, get these, like, snapshot measurements that you get through blood. Right. It's, it's more dynamic. Right. Because these hormones are dynamic. They change daily. Yeah. So um, if you have irregular cycles... You don't want to be dependent on what your hormone levels are that day because it's so dependent on your cycle day. Right. And if, I mean, I
0: don't know if you're like me, but I know every time I go to the gynecologist, they're like, when's your last cycle? And I'm like, mmm. And I kind of look yeah. at my phone and I'm like, I don't know, the 11th? Like, right. I don't know. I mean, right. I don't really track it anymore now, but they still do ask that. Of course, and yeah. So this is so powerful to have the actual
1: yeah. scientific data and be like, yeah. this is what's happening. We're also tracking whatever you'd like to track. So if you use any period tracking app, you can enter any of that subjective information in our app as well. But the added benefit is that we feed all of that our machine learning algorithm. So we actually marry those symptoms to your hormone levels and figure out why you're experiencing those symptoms. Like let's say you report that you have headaches and we see that your hormones are behaving in a certain way. Come next month, we can actually predict that, okay, your hormones are approaching this. You may be experiencing these kinds of symptoms now mm. and inform you of that so you could be prepared oh wow okay it's
0: incredible and also i want you to t- talk a little bit about beyond this because you know we brushed on this when we met last time too you want to you know kind of expand this to test oh, yeah. for other things as well we talked about menopause mm-hmm. and a lot of other health issues for
1: women yeah i mean we really want to revolutionize women's woman's health care and i think this use case that we've um, highlighted is we've chosen it because it's so personal to both me and Jerome. Yeah. But it's this isn't where it stops. Right. Um, we really want to continue this product line to go into uh, tracking your pregnancy, postpartum care, menopause detection and treatment. And then maybe even going back to the birth control thing and figuring out what birth control you should take instead of having to do this trial and error that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. So we can we can determine all that by seeing how your hormones are behaving all the Yeah.
0: Time. So this is just the beginning. It's, it's so exciting. exciting. <laughs> I love to hear all this stuff and it's totally over my head. But I think I've I think after talking to you now a handful of times, I think I've got a grasp on it. Okay, so flashing forward a little bit, mm-hmm. you do have the sun. I
1: do. So tell me
0: about how it finally happened for you.
1: God that uh Pregnancy test day. Gosh, I, I remember it so well because I was shocked. I that weekend I had been feeling so sick mm-hmm. and I, I swear I went on WebMD and I had every single symptom for stomach cancer. So I wake up Monday morning. Oh, morning, I have stomach cancer because there's no way I'm pregnant.
0: Right. And you still <laughs> hadn't done any medical anything. No, you just nothing.
1: kept trying and kept yeah. tracking. Okay. Yeah. And my husband was actually getting very frustrated because I'm like, we, we need to we have to do it tonight. And he's like, I'm like the typical story, like I'm late at work, like I can't come home, and right? Like the guilt trips I would give him on, the, on through text, man. Yeah, um, so sexy too. I know, like, right? We need to do it. <sighs> oh i like, I even said one time, like I'll I'll get roses, like you know, what <laughs> <laughs> we can put on the Lion King. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, it was. Um, I took the pregnancy test that morning and I saw this like super faint line, right? I'm like, it's not positive, and I threw it in the garbage, um, <laughs> and I went to work. I love that you just toss
0: in the garbage. You're like, no, it's not happening.
1: I, I literally I went to work. I slept on the train. I get into my office, and I was like, wait a minute. If that was positive, I can't not address it. Right. So I called my doctor, and I was like, I didn't even have an OB at the time, so like I'm Googling a doctor that falls into my insurance, and I, I made an appointment. I was like, I think I got a positive test, but I don't know. And they scheduled me for a week later. So I was like, okay, you can handle this. <clears throat> this is like 10 a.m. at this point. And then it starts thinking in like, oh, my God, there might be something growing inside of you. Right. That is meant to grow inside of you. And um, I went home because I was like, this, I, I just, I couldn't even make, like, wrap my head around it. Right. I, I was just so shocked. And I didn't even tell my husband. So that whole day I get home and I'm like in denial, like going back and forth, like it's probably not. Pregnancy test. I didn't want to take another one because I wanted to wait until the next morning. Mm-hmm. So bought that is some restraint right I there. I would have I bought know. like twenty five on the way <laughs> well, home. Well, I did. Okay, but I meant but to you use them all
0: tomorrow.
1: Got it. <laughs> so the next morning, I I took another test and I got no lines. It was a dud. Oh, so I was like, oh, it's not positive. I guess like I'm not pregnant. Whatever. Went back to work. Right. Okay. I couldn't focus on anything. Mm-hmm. My head is just totally in this. And the next day, I took another test. And it was so clearly positive. And at that point, I called the doctor, and I had been feeling really lightheaded. Um, I don't know if it was just because I was so stressed out or like mm-hmm. what was going on in my head. Um, but I called them and was like, I'm feeling really lightheaded. And they're like, are you fainting? I'm like, I think I said, I'm feeling really faint and lightheaded. And they're like, they took it as you're fainting and you might be pregnant. so. Mm-hmm. Come in today, Ooh. and I was like, oh, okay. They made me, made me. I went in that day. They did an ultrasound. I saw the heartbeat. Wow. And I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm pregnant. And oh my gosh! How was, far along? I was six weeks. Oh wow! It was so early, but then I was I was like making peace with it myself, and I'm like, wait, I need to tell my husband. He has no idea. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! That dealing with all this. Um, so I I didn't tell him on the phone. I went and I I printed out that I got the ultrasound, put it in a frame. I went out and I bought a monkey and a pig because I used to call him monkey and he used to call me piggy <laughs> in, the, in the sweetest way right right we know <laughs> and, he's a sweet guy um, I put those both on the bed and I was like do you think our, our baby's gonna be a monkey or a pig and oh uh, uh, <laughs> so I put that on the bed I'm thinking alright he's gonna come upstairs like change and like then he'll see it no he decides first time in his life I'm gonna come home from work sit on the couch eat dinner oh god <laughs> Like, not go upstairs until I'm ready for bed. Right. So it's like eleven o'clock, and I'm waiting for him to go upstairs. Oh my gosh! And he's not. So I would confident. have been like, babe, go upstairs, go change. Finally, I'm like, hey, don't you want to get more comfortable? And he's like, why? Is there something upstairs? I'm like, no, just what? Just go up. And I feel like. He could see it on my face. Right. I'm smiling so hard right now. I know. I I think that's how it came out then too. So he kind of knew something was up. Yeah. And he goes up and he, there was tears in his eyes. He was just so happy. Oh, Um, that's a great moment. Yeah. Took like all day to get there. I thought I'd have to wait six hours, but now I had to wait. Right.
0: So, so how, so you had tried for 18 18 18 months, okay. And how many, I know you have the stats, how many tests <laughs> did
1: you uh, take? is did that 18 months times 30? So we're talking over 300, but what, what is this? Why can I do this? Okay. I'm not good at math. I'm looking at you. 540 tests. Okay. Yeah. Oh my so. gosh. That's incredible. <laughs> and you sent
0: me a picture of him. This is, his hair had just gotten cut and he's oh so God. cute.
1: He's a little character. Yeah. Uh, definitely has a little bit of me and a little bit of my husband in there. Yeah. Uh, amazing totally worth all that struggle like none of that matters
0: anymore okay guys thanks so much for listening to my conversation with amy and if you want more information on uva you can check out their website uva.life there's also an app so you can search for that wherever you get your apps and i just wanted to tell everybody that I'm thinking of them and if you're going through a hard time, please feel free to reach out to me via email or DM or however you can, however you need. I'm here. You are not alone. Thanks guys. Talk to you next time.